Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I preach a message today that I believe is going to speak to you, that's going to help you, that uh, I believe is going to inspire you for the year ahead. So Isaiah 52 in verse 7 says this, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace and brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy, for eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is obviously messianic and prophetic. Uh, verse 11, depart, depart, go out from here. Touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of her. Purify yourselves, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. Verse 12, for you shall not go out in haste. You shall not go in flight. Listen to these words. For the Lord will go before you. For the Lord will go before you and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. I love that. I love that. I wanna start a series at the beginning of our year, intentionally the beginning of, our year, beginning of the year and the title of the series is this, The Greatest Year of My Life. The Greatest Year of of my life. I feel like someone needs to write that down in their notebook and their journal right now. This is the greatest year of my life. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it speaks to us. Thank you that it helps us. Lord, I pray for a brand new year. Lord, I thank you that we can fill it with expectation, Lord. We can fill this moment in our spirits and our minds with an expectation that comes from heaven, God. Father, we thank you that this year is gonna be the greatest year of our lives. Why? Because we're gonna turn our focus to you in Jesus' name. And if you believe it, come on, say amen. 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 I wonder what was your greatest year that you've had so far? I wonder what was your greatest year? I wonder as I'm talking right now, you might be able to remember quickly, oh, that was my greatest year. Oh, that was the greatest year of my life. See, I believe at the beginning of this year, we have an opportunity, we have a choice. And the choice is simple. Are we gonna look through the lens of fear, which simply says, man, after last year, what could happen this year? Or are we gonna choose the lens of faith, which says something a little like this, I wonder what could happen this year? See, it's exactly the same line, but it has a completely different spirit. See, when we say, what could happen this year, from a fear lens and with a spirit of fear, it means that there's trepidation. It means we're not sure. It means like, oh man, I just wanna hold off. I wanna lower my expectations. But when we look through the lens of faith, which I believe God is leading us to today, what happens is we begin to say things like this. What could God do this year? Could this be the greatest year of my life? I feel like the Lord is asking me as a, as a, as a pastor, 
And I want to just encourage you on the front end of me preparing a message, my prayer to the Holy Spirit is this, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say through this message? And that's why we, at the end of our services, we say to you and we invite you to ask the question, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? But it's with a spirit of faith that we proceed. And I believe that's what the Lord is asking us to do is to trust Him, to put our faith in Him for the greatest year of our lives. I wanna speak to your expectation for this year, your faith expectation. What are you expecting to happen this year? got really quiet. (laughs) What are you expecting to happen this year? Are you expecting God to show up and do something great? Are you expecting God to show up in your marriage? Are you expecting it to be a year of breakthrough and blessing in your career, in your business? Are you expecting for God to show up in the lives of your kids? Are you expecting this to be the greatest year of your life? Or are you allowing what's happened in before? Are you allowing the, the past and maybe what the enemy is speaking for you to lower your faith expectation down to the level of your experience? Because God is calling us today and I believe every day of 2021 to lift the level of our faith above the level of our experience. So we can stand here today and say this, this is gonna be the greatest year of my life. Let me show you one of our key texts for this series. It's in Ephesians 2. In verse 20, it says this, God can do anything, you know. God can do anything, you know, far more. Underline those words, far more. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Puts the cynic to shame right there more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but working gently within us. I love it. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. So I wanna talk today, I wanna take a moment and I wanna talk about how we can have the greatest year of our lives. And this is how we do it. We turn our focus and we put our focus on Jesus. We put our focus on the one, like we sang this morning, our champion, the one who created it all, the one who has caused this all to happen, the one who even on a molecular level holds our world in His hands. See, as we turn our focus to Him, we can have the greatest year of our lives, more than we could ever imagine or request or believe could ever happen in our wildest dreams. Can I get an amen Amen. this morning? So in this series, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take two keys. Gonna unpack in each message two keys. One's gonna be spiritual, one's gonna be more natural and practical, okay? But I want you to write them down. I want you to get them in your spirit. I really believe if you grab a hold of them, they'll help you have the greatest year of your life turning your focus towards God. Here we go, number one, to have the greatest year of my life, this is what I've got to do. I've got to give God the glory. I've got to give God the glory. Online, if you're watching, come on, this year, let's give God the glory. Glorify God in everything you do. Give God the glory in everything you can. You, we can rest in this, you know. This is actually something that we can rest in. And it's this, if, if He gets the glory, I'll be just fine. Think about the rest you can experience with that right there, with that truth. If God gets the glory in my life, I'm gonna be fine. 
If I can magnify, if I can glorify, if I can put God first, if I can give God the glory in my life, everything's gonna be great. I love to say this all the time, you'll never come second by putting God first. And in 2021, if there's one thing you can be sure of as we stand on the Word of God, is if you give God the glory, you'll never come off second best. He gets the glory. And as we give Him the glory, I'll be just fine. John 17, I love John 17. It's the high priestly prayer that Jesus prays. It's only in John. It's not in the synoptics, it's only in John. And I was reading it this this week and I was blown away by, I just love reading John 17 because you see this interaction between Jesus and and His heavenly Father. This amazing, beautiful interaction. But there's this thing you've got to understand about Jesus. With His whole earthly life, He is set out to glorify His Father in heaven to give Him the glory. Let me read John 17 and verse 22. Uh, This is Jesus praying to the Father. He says, The glory you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Me. I'd love it if you write this down. Write this down and meditate on this this week. My purpose this year is to glorify God. My purpose this year is to glorify God. Because we could start out the year, we can look towards 2021 on January 3rd, first Sunday of the year and say, what am I gonna do this year? How do I figure it out this year? What am, I, what, what am I gonna choose this year? What am I gonna do this year? How am I gonna figure it out? How am I gonna get everything going? How am, I gonna, how, am I, how am I gonna experience success? Can I just encourage you, boil it down to this one thing. My purpose this year is to glorify God. Whatever it looks like. Whatever it looks like for you. Let's be people. Let's be people this year that decide. My purpose is ultimately to give God the glory. So how can I give God the glory in my life this coming year? How can you give God the glory this year? Maybe it's in your career, giving Him the glory. Maybe it's in your business. Maybe it's in, the, in, in your endeavours, giving God the glory. Maybe it's in your marriage. Does God get the glory in your marriage, in your relationships, in your friendships, or your relationship with God? Is He being glorified? Is He being lifted up? Is He being magnified? My purpose this year is to glorify God. If that's the one thing I do, it's gonna be a great year. And I wanna tell you right now, it'll be the greatest year of your life because my purpose is to glorify God with my life. So that's number one. You wanna have a great year, 2021? You want it to be the greatest year of your life? I believe we should give God the glory. And number two, come on, write this down. Don't do life alone. Don't do life alone this year. I'm gonna get a little pastoral for a moment. Is that okay? Is that okay? Don't do life alone. Last year was marked by isolation. Last year was marked by a need to to self-isolate, to quarantine. I get it, I understand it, but we've got to understand we're not meant to live life that way. Isolated all the time. I read this stat the other day, it really saddened me, it was about Japan. and talked about the suicide rates have shot up like crazy over there. I wanna read it just so I get it right, but there was a government survey that came out and it showed that the number of people who died by suicide in October alone 
was more than had died from COVID-19 over the entire 10 months in Japan to date, in one month alone. It tells you this, that fear and isolation are killers in life. And the Bible speaks specifically about isolation. It speaks specifically about why it's important not to do life alone, why it's important that we don't get isolated in life. That's why church is so critical. The people of God, listen to me, need the people of God. I need you and you need me. And I need to remind you and you need to remind me of how good God is and what His promises are and what the blessings are and how awesome God is and how incredible and what a champion Jesus is. We need to do life together. Don't do life alone. Don't allow yourself to be isolated this year. Proverbs 18 and verse one says, whoever, that's you, that's me, that's anyone. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. In the New King James, it says he rages against wise judgment. So isolation equals this, self-seeking, angry, unwise living. That's what that means. It ends in negativity and even worse, potentially death, even if it's death to destiny, even if it's death to the potential you have in the Lord, even if it's death to the potential blessings that God has for you. That's what isolation does and that's why community is essential. And listen to me, I'm gonna take it a step further and say this, Christian community is essential. Christian community is essential. Why? Because I've got to do life with God's people. If you wanna have a great year in 2021, give God the glory, but whatever you do, don't do life alone. Don't do life isolated. Don't do life on your own. So what I wanted to do this morning was inside my second point, give you the Christian community shopping list. Okay? Who loves a good shopping list when they go to the grocery store? You love writing your list down. Do you do it in, the phone, in your phone? with your, Who does it in your phone with your check mark? Come on, be honest. There you are, all you OCD people. We'll have a healing service for you after. But I've got the Christian community shopping list. Are you ready? This is what we get when we go shopping for community and we don't do life alone. The first thing we get is perspective. We get perspective. We get to see things a different way. First of all, we get to see things through the Word of God. We hear and we see other people as well and other parts of the body of Christ and what they're experiencing, what they're going for, and we're able to help and we're able to share In other people's experiences, we get perspective when we choose not to do life alone. I think it's interesting in the the book of Acts. Acts chapter one is the beginning of the church and in in Acts chapter one, Jesus ascends and it's amazing what takes place shortly after that. It says that they return to Jerusalem. This is in verse 12, which is near uh, from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem. It says a Sabbath day journey away. Look at this. And when they had returned, they went to the upper room where they were staying. But look who was there. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, Judas, the son of James. And it says, and all these were with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and his brother. In other words, they were not alone. They were doing life together. 
And it's interesting to me that in chapter two, Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes, the church is set alight and has never stopped moving forward since, but it all began when they were together. And that's the key thing we've got to understand about this year is we can't do life alone. And it's when we get together, we are better together. Come on, I want you to write this down as well. Distance creates distortion. Distance creates distortion. This is worth repeating over and over to the church. I'm about to help out some dinner party leaders right now. You ready? This is worth repeating because what happens is distance creates distortion when there's distance or a lack of close relationship or close, sincere, real, doing life relationship. That distance will bring distortion. It will bring a distortion to our thinking even. In that relationship or thing, if we allow that distance to come in, what happens is we start to think weird things. We start to create things in our mind. It's amazing how the enemy gets a foothold into our minds. We start to think certain things. Distance creates distortion. You ever grown apart from someone? You know, maybe a family member, maybe a friend, you've grown apart from someone. You've actually had to catch yourself thinking weird things like, certain things that just don't make sense that probably aren't likely going on, but you're thinking them anyway. See, distance, it creates distortion. This happens in church all the, all the time. We lose perspective. Someone doesn't show up for six weeks or intentionally part of the community online, not around, and all of a sudden, it's like they start hearing weird voices and the weird voices are not our voices. And the weird voices are not from the church. Start saying things like, man, they're probably not interested in me anymore. Distance creates distortion. Might be saying something like this, you know what, they're probably saying things about me now because I haven't been here. Distance creates distortion. Might be saying, you know what, they've all changed. Distance creates distortion. Because the truth is, they are, they are still interested in you. And the truth is that they're not actually saying things about you. And they haven't actually changed as they're right there ready to receive you. But because distance has created distortion, we lose perspective that comes from community. Let's be a people that understand. This is the oldest trick in the book for the enemy. If he can just get you a little bit distant, it's gonna make you think certain things. It's gonna cause you to act a certain way. You're gonna find yourself out. Distance creates distortion. What do we need in 2021? We need a perspective that comes from community. Don't. Do life alone. So that's number one on the shopping list. Number two, the next thing we get when it comes to not doing life alone is we get cohesion. We get like this holy glue when we choose to live in community. We get this incredible, call it the Holy Spirit glue that glues us together. It brings us together. It makes us better, but we come together and we are brought together that attaches us through our commonalities. You know that symbol, the Christian fish? Yeah. You know the one you see on the bumper stickers? Yeah. You know, the Christian fish has been around a long time and there's some pretty cool stories about it, but it represents basically, as we know, Jesus. But I, I looked it up again this week. I just wanted to get it right. But it says this, when that fish, that, that symbol, according to one ancient story, this is in early church days and the persecution Years, it says, when a Christian met a stranger in the road, the Christian sometimes drew one arc of the simple fish outline in the dirt and waited. 
I love that. And waited, just waited. And if the stranger drew the other ark, both believers knew they were in good company. See, there's a cohesion that comes with Christian community. There's a cohesion that comes. What is it? It's we believe the same thing. Jesus is Lord. What do we believe? That He has saved me. What do we believe? Man, Jesus is awesome. I'm going to heaven. You going to heaven? Awesome, we're going to heaven. But we can also do life together. And we don't have to do life alone. We get cohesion. What else do we get? We get love. It sounds obvious, but we get real, actual, godly love in Christian community. What else do we get? We find grace. Grace is on the list. What else do we get? We get mercy. That's on the list. Something else we get inside Christian community, choosing not to do life alone, is we get wisdom. You know, wisdom, it gets on you. But it doesn't get on you if you do life alone. Let me show it to you. It's Proverbs 13 and verse 20. It says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. You're not going to get wisdom into your life if you're doing life alone. But as you walk with wise people, it says walk. That means doing life with. Wisdom gets on you. Wisdom gets into your world. You start to have conversations where wisdom comes in. You get to find yourself about to make decisions, but you've got people in your world. This is what happens when we choose not to do life alone. We get wisdom. What else do we get? We get correction. Oh, this is fun to talk about. Great topic in church from the pulpit. Correction. You know, the Bible talks about, especially in the New Testament, getting correction inside of God's community, amongst God's people. How do we get correction? We get it through the teaching of God's Word. We get it through the teaching and preaching. We get it through leaders. Let me show you an example in the New Testament in Acts 18. We hear about this guy called Apollos. And I don't know about you, but this guy's bio is awesome. Like he gets an awesome rap. Like he must have an amazing LinkedIn profile, this guy. Check it out. Verse 24, it says, Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. This is Acts 18. He was an eloquent man, competent in the Scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. Look at verse 26. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila, God's community, heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. See, it's in Christian community that we get correction. It's in Christian community we get helped along the way. We get to go a little bit further in our lives. We get to go a little bit further in our journey, in our calling, in the outworking of what God has given us to do. It happened for Apollos. Listen to me, it can happen for you. But we only get it in community. What else do we get? What else is on the shopping list? Uh, Encouragement. Man. You know what the world needs right now? Encouragement. To be built up. You know what encouragement means? It means to put courage in. When I encourage someone, I'm putting courage into them for whatever they're called to do. But we need encouragement. We all need it. And I love that the end of this very chapter in Acts 18, the people of God give Apollos encouragement. Let me read it to you. It's in verse 27. It says, and then he wished across to Achaia, uh, the brothers encouraged him 
and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those through grace and had believed. So this is the power of not doing life alone. What's a, what's a side benefit? What do we get that helps us? We get encouragement. It helps us. Something else we get, we get alignment. We get in alignment in Christian community. You get alignment. Maybe your life feels a little bit out of alignment right now. Maybe you've spent a little bit of 2020 just away from God's people, maybe outside of church, not, not being a part of online if, if that's the route you needed to take. But can I just encourage you inside Christian community, choosing to not do life alone. We get alignment. We get aligned. What do we get aligned with? We get aligned with the Word of God. We get aligned with the vision of our church. We get to understand this new worldview we have as believers. You know, as a Christian, as a believer, you have a worldview. It's a biblical worldview. We see everything. We see the world through this, this worldview. We look through the Bible. We, look, we, we, we interpret what's happening in the world through the Word of God. But it's in Christian community we get aligned with it. We get alignment in our lives. We get aligned and we get to stand on truth. What else do we get? We get focus. This is a great shopping list, by the way. This is like great. This is premium section of the grocery store. Organic. Always more expensive. We get focused. For example, in our church, when we come together as a church and we rally around something like missions, like outreach, the opportunity to support Vision Rescue, the opportunity to pay off people's medical debt this past year, the opportunity in the lead up to Christmas to, for people to get a letter that were under the weight of medical debt saying it's gone. What, what have we got? We've got to focus. We've got to focus in community. We're not doing life alone, but as a result, we get focused in the community and where there's a need. Something else we get is we get collective accomplishment. We get accomplishment. There's something about feeling accomplished in life. You know, you get that inside community. Because we're doing this together. I love even this last year, it's just, it was such a challenge, right? To do church and online, offline, parking lot, where, you know, down the street somewhere, I don't know. Figure it out, we work it out. But you know, even last year, we still bought eight acres of land behind our church. We're able to step out in faith, believe together, accomplish together an amazing opportunity to secure the future of our church. Our Vision Sunday was still happened. We still move forward. Colonial Leadership College is still launching. CityCare is going forward. This year, we're gonna see the food truck come. The, the, what are we calling it? The joy truck. The joy truck is coming to our city this year. But we're all doing it together. And it's gonna be an accomplishment in Jesus' name. And the last thing I have for us is this. The other thing we get in Christian communities, we get unity. It doesn't always mean agreement. It doesn't always mean that I'll agree with you. And it doesn't always mean that you'll agree with me. And it doesn't always mean that we have to. But here's the point, is we're unified. We're united. What are we united on? Some idea. No, we're united under one name. We're united under the gospel of grace. We're united under the ministry of reconciliation. We come together in a spirit of unity to build the church, to build the kingdom, to see the lost come home, 
to establish a vibrant Bible-based church whose focus is Jesus and mission is to welcome people home. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. So I'm believing that this year is gonna be the greatest year of your life. Why? Because you're gonna turn your focus to Him. And as we turn our focus to Him, give Him the glory. Choose that no matter the area, He gets the glory, He gets the the. The prize, He gets our lives. We glorify Him, but as we do that, we choose as well not to do life alone. And through that, we get perspective. Man, we need perspective. We get cohesion. We get the holy glue that brings us together. We get love. We get grace and mercy and we get wisdom. We get to walk with wise people, grow and learn. We get correction where it's needed. We get encouragement that we all need. Alignment to God's truth and to our worldview, which is through Jesus. We get a focus, we get a sense of accomplishment and we get unity. And I believe that we can have the greatest year of our lives. You believe that? I wanted to end this message by saying this. This year doesn't have to be a year of loneliness for you. You know, I saw something that someone put up, a friend of mine in Australia on New Year's Eve and they talked about how they actually went. They used to suffer from depression, but they went and served and they volunteered at Lifeline, which is the, the, the... the 1-800 number you ring, if you're suffering from depression, you need to talk to someone. They went and worked the phones on New Year's Eve. And this is what they said. They said the number one reason that people called in was loneliness. Loneliness. They felt alone. They felt like they were doing life alone. They felt like they were trying to figure it out themselves. They just felt like there was no one around them. They felt like they were just trying to figure it out by themselves and they were lonely. And you know, this year, you actually don't have to be alone at all. You don't even need to have people around you, but what you do have is you have Jesus with you all the time. And you can have Jesus with you every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every month, this whole year. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you, why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.